Good morning, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Um, as Claire said, my name is Erin Dupree. I am the first director of the new Office of Cannabis Management. Um, I'm sure you all have a lot of questions, but let me give you a little bit of background on myself. Hello there. I'm here today, Tanner, with two of my awesome co-hosts. John, here. And Marcus Harkis. There he is. Wonderful. The all-star team that we've got out today. Um, we're really just missing Shayna. Otherwise, we've got the whole crew here. Um, we wanted to get together today because we have some big breaking news. You might have already heard, but the Office of Cannabis Management now officially has an appointed director. Director Aaron Dupree. This was announced a little bit earlier today by Governor Walz, and uh, it's been met by some pretty big responses from the industry. So we're here today to help break it down, to talk about why this news is so important, why it matters, and, and what you should really be taking away from it. Um, but before we jump into who Aaron is, why this is, really matters, let's talk about like what does the director do? For those of you who have been listening along with us for the past couple of weeks, you likely have heard us talk about this role and why it's going to be so important as the industry gets set up. But for those who don't know or don't remember, we're going to have John explain a little bit about what the director does and why it's such an important role. Well, so the director is kind of the person in charge of the entire thing. Like they make the staff, they set the rulemaking process and kind of pace of the entire organization so now that we have some it's like think about it like we've been building a car the ocm and now we have someone to drive the car and that's kind of what we've been waiting for and as they as she builds her staff i'm really excited to see what sort of pace they attack this thing at so we can all uh, hit that january january 1st 2025 timeline awesome yeah thanks for explaining that it's definitely that important role that we need to see filled with the right people. And it looks like the first person filling that role will be Aaron Dupree. So who is Aaron? Well, Aaron comes from that entrepreneurial background, not necessarily from the government background. But a fun sort of twist of fate is that she actually does have family from that government background. And in an even more fun twist of fate, um, her grandfather, who was a state legislator way back in 1935, Mr. Andrew Wambach was actually one of the people that voted for the original criminalization bill back in 1935. Marcus, John, that's, that's insane. <laughs> that's <laughs> one of the most, <laughs> that's one of the most full circle, uh, I guess, twist of fate that I've ever got to witness. I mean, yeah. she's the granddaughter of a prohibitionist who has the opportunity to lead the the market, the Minnesota emerging legal cannabis market in a way that hopefully can undo some of the harm done by prohibition. I think that's such a great point. I was going to say also what a perfect snapshot of like how far we've came as a country, I guess, and state, because that's what a few generations it went from being completely illegal. And now here we are, the granddaughter of one of those people who voted will be the one building out this the structure of the industry i don't know it's it's hard it's it's just it's a it's funny to think about <laughs> yeah 100 
Well, and I think it's really interesting. Not only will she be that first director, not only will she help us to sort of tear down the prohibition that has been built up for decades, um, but she actually worked in the cannabis industry prior to this. Um, so let's dig into sort of who is Aaron. We've sort of been hinting around it. So Aaron is the founder, vice president of sales and operations, and also the head of research and management at Lunacy Cannabis Co., which is a cannabis company based out of Apple Valley. It's a retail store. They focus on selling cannabis products made throughout Minnesota. Um, and I think there's nothing more fitting that we have someone going from loony to state government, which really is not much of a change at all. Um, she not managed, a leap. <laughs> yeah, not a huge leap at all. She manages all parts of that business, looking from their sales to what products they have to making sure that they're in compliance with state laws and that the products they sell are in compliance with state laws. More on that a little bit later. She's also the founder and vice president of operations. Um, working for a consulting firm that has worked for both cannabis and non-cannabis businesses here in Minnesota and nationally. Um, and then finally, she's also worked for as a, as a strategist, as a supporter, as a, as a panelist and trainer, helping to support people through that business network international, helping to build up some large scale trainings throughout the United States. So she comes from that business background. I think it's worth pointing out that uh, she played like she was an implement implementation expert or that's like what part of the business like change she would focus on it's like getting these startups started out so i'm i kind of like that, <clears throat> that that kind of experience of like okay she's built smaller businesses from the jump so now you get way bigger budget way more responsibility way more eyes Let's see what you can do. I'm excited. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, yeah, I think that it's good that she's coming from the cannabis industry, even though she only has maybe a year of experience. But I think she probably got the job more so because of her experience as a consultant. It sounds like for startups. In the press conference that they held today, she mentioned that she had advised like a dozen startup businesses. So mm -hmm. all of the businesses, well, most of the businesses that apply for licenses will be startups and all the others will be businesses that have only started within recent years, if not like last year. I mean, yeah, some I of them brings... opened up as early as 2018, but I mean, all the businesses in this emerging legal industry are, are young. So I hope it does bring a level of understanding from her and that kind of permeates throughout the OCM of like all of these cannabis companies are startups, like no matter how you look at it, like there are some who've been around for five years, but they are new and we have to be patient with that. Yeah, absolutely agree. She talked about how she doesn't really have that baggage of coming from government. She sort of is able to look at things with fresh eyes, look at it from that business perspective and say, we're functionally just starting up a new department. How do we go about doing that in the right way? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I'd be surprised if she didn't hire, you know, people that do have that bureaucratic experience. I mean, it is a standing up to OCM is an entrepreneurial job because it's creating a, a, a agency, an organization that doesn't exist. So, yeah, I think I think it is promising that we have somebody who she even has said she's a cannabis consumer, too, although she emphasized the medical stuff even though she didn't have a medical card and she tried to shy away from that. You know, she probably got her cannabis from the legacy market too. 
But <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think, I think. <laughs> well, and I love that she was willing to even touch on that to say, like, I've been using cannabis in my own life for wellness since 2015. No, I'm not a medical patient. I don't really want to talk about it any more than that. Right, right. I mean, we know what that means. And that's promising. Yeah, 100%. I feel like a lot more of our officials who we know, like cannabis st- statistics and how many people actually use cannabis. I wish the ones who did would step up more and be like, yeah, now that this is legal, I use cannabis for whatever reason. So I love that she started off right mm-hmm. away being like, yes, I'm a user. Destigmatize. Well, yes, I'm a consumer. And one big thing that she did push online was saying, you know, I'm really big on education. I'm really big on sharing knowledge. I had to take years to figure out what cannabis works for me. And I want to help other people figure out what works for them. So, I mean, I think not the worst mindset for a new director to have coming into the role. No, I mean, what we need is an OCM director who is supportive of the industry, not antagonistic of it, not adversarial towards these businesses that'll, you know, serve the Minnesota market. So I think, I think they made a, you know, a promising decision. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest and admit that I was very disappointed that the governor failed to appoint Dr. Dabbs, you know, who I think was a much more qualified candidate, but I think Aaron Dupree will serve our industry well. Yeah. And it's now it's down to her actions, you know, She's gotten to introduce herself, but it's come Monday. It's like directed Dupree, man. What are we working on? Like, what do you need from us, like adjacent organizations? What do you need from the businesses? Like, we know they need their October 1st attestation. If you're listening and you own a cannabis business, October 1st attestation, get it in or get a fine. But uh, yeah, and just seeing what she wants to get started on immediately, that's how she's going to be judged by everyone. Like on these early actions are really going to make or break her. But I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to give her time, give her space, and really see what the vision is. Yeah. I mean, her first steps are to hire. She has to staff up. I mean, they got they announced like nine positions or so, and they have said they need to hire 150 people to stamp up the OCM. So, I mean, who she hires matters because, I mean, who the director, the the first director was most important because they're going to set the tone for how the OCM's organizational culture is developed. So the people that Aaron Dupree hires in the leadership roles will determine how well the OCM will serve the industry. You know, how well they'll regulate it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. how well they'll do the rulemaking process. Yeah, so, 100% agree. And I think what's yeah. important to note is that, like, we all three left that press conference saying, Aaron's saying the right thing. We're hearing the right words. She's talking about the importance of access, the importance of not limiting the businesses, but also making sure that, you know, consumers are protected. I think it's now sort of the wait and, we're excited to see what her first steps are when she begins in October. Um, yeah. And Marcus brought up a great point of all uh, her leadership team around her is going to be the most crucial thing. And those jobs she's going to be hiring for, I think, is it nine upcoming? One, yes. How many? 
So there's been seven that have been posted thus far. Seven so far. Yeah. Um, seven. yeah. Okay. So we have the finance director position, the communications director, the executive assistant, the chief general counsel lawyer, the government relations director, the tribal liaison, and the social equity director. And I believe those positions are written into the, well, I know social equity director for sure, but I'm sure, I think a few of other of those are written into the bill itself. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be critical to having our office function to manage. I mean, down to the executive assistant, which I know people might look at and say, that's not that important of a role. No, that's that's critical. Like we need our office to function well. And it's going to be every single member of that office that's helping. And that's going to be the person closest to our director in the end. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the person who is with them. And yeah, all these people in the end will be leaders in this industry. So watch out for those names. Those positions get picked. It's going to be over, I think, within the next few weeks, two, yeah, two to three weeks, it looks like. They'll be closing these uh, applications and then, yeah, hopefully start announcing announcing these leaders. Yeah, she's really going to hit the ground running. I mean, all these positions will be closed by October 5th. That's really when we expect her to really get into the office and start looking at hiring people. So it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround, and that's what we were hoping to see. So, um, one I mean, question- I have the sense today that she's been hired for, like she as she's known for at least a day, and is you know had as is getting ready. I think she she's she she seemed like she's prepared. Can I say something that's going to be potentially controversial? Absolutely. Yes. I don't know this woman. I don't know the people who are on the the hiring committee with the governor. I saw some names and it looked like it was mostly white ladies and Erin Dupree is a white lady from the suburbs. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think I fear them having blind spots in terms of equity. And the way that the whole legislative process worked where these politicians were talking about we need to end prohibition and legalize cannabis because of the racial disparities and over enforcement and all of that. They said all of that, but at the at the end of the day, or the beginning of tomorrow, there's not going to be any type of emphasis on racial equity and justice in terms of licensing. So I think that and I know they were trying to avoid, you know constitutional questions that could lead to litigation and you know but i just i just worry that aaron dupree is not going to have any type of racial equity lens in terms of how they run this agency i mean and that's not about having bad intentions that's just about not knowing what you don't know yeah cultural blindness enough to care yeah i mean i feel like governor walls had a blind spot today you know, or whenever he made this decision. Because if you can overlook Clement Dabney the third for this position, I mean, that's a lapse in judgment. I'm sure Erin Dupree would do a great job and we're going to support her. But I'm like, that's a missed opportunity of a lifetime. You know, one position I didn't see posted on there is uh, the deputy director. Yeah, I thought about that too. I definitely thought about that too. So. Like we will never, we'll, I think seeing the next few weeks, how it shakes out, um, 
who Aaron surrounds herself with, especially you're talking about the equity piece. Like this state has a long history of a blind spot when it comes to racial equity. And cannabis is something that during the legislative process, we tried to bring it to the forefront. But in the end, louder voices prevailed. But now, but there is like enough in there. I think enough written into the statutes uh, that if the right person gets that social equity director position, that a lot could be done through these grant programs and through the training programs of getting people prepared at, at the very least. Like, if not getting them the capital they need, getting them in contact with the right tools to do something because it's going to be no different than any other industry. Like cannabis is not going to save us, but it needs to be productive. It cannot be a new thing that holds people back. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's spot on that. This is an opportunity of a lifetime for us as a state. And I hope that Aaron Dupree leads us with sort of the, the vigor that we need someone to be leading us with. So, mm-hmm. um, and so we're going to have to hire the right social equity director because honestly, those of those seven positions you mentioned, I I don't like to make assumptions, but I can <laughs> I can almost predict that most of those positions will be filled by people who have no racial equity lens either. I mean, think of those positions. Who's likely to get those director of finance job, the legal counsel job? I mean, I want to be hopeful, but I'm doubtful. That's what I'm saying. It's like in the end. Minnesota does have a track record. If we want to change that track record, if we want to show that we are trying to do better when it comes to racial equity, they will hire the right person. But if they don't, I think that's, yeah, it's just going to show what the focus is because we've seen, I would like black appointees especially in like city of Minneapolis, like leave the job after a year. (laughs) So I I really hope if we get hopefully like a woman of color in that social equity director position, like I say that personally, but uh, that they, that they have real impact and like they feel solid in their position. Like they don't just get the job. Like getting the job just can't be just it, you know. That job needs to actually have some teeth, and that's going to depend on what Aaron Dupree wants to do. So let's see. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think it's 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 imperative for us in the community who have been champions of legalization for all the right reasons that we you know we support Aaron Dupree and and her staff and that we help to educate them, to help show them what may be in their blind spots, you know? I mean, especially when it comes to the rulemaking, because the OCM can determine whether or not this industry works well by their rulemaking process. So they need to consider things. They need to learn what they don't know and partner with people who can help them, you know, make the connections and and figure this out. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. This is such a, a major legacy job for these people if they take it seriously. Yeah, absolutely agree. So sort of as we're wrapping up tonight, I mean, we talked about a lot of things that I think are really important that we're looking for over the next couple of weeks. 
But as, you know, Aaron begins her job that early October, those positions will close. We should start seeing those interviews happen, likely hires by like the end of October. What are you guys going to be looking for over the next couple of weeks to say either, yes, we're moving in the right direction or, hey, I've got some pretty big concerns. What are you going to be looking for? Marcus, what do you think? Well, I'm going to be looking for who the uh, government affairs hire is and who the social equity office director is. I think that's the title. I think those are the positions that could be most influential because, you know, they're going to hopefully they're going to make sure that the rulemaking process does result in an equitably regulated Minnesota market. And, you know, the OCM is going to be, especially that government affairs person, is going to be the person that, you know, engages the legislature on how to change some of the flaws in the Act 63, you know, in the cannabis laws. So these people, these people have such a very important job. So I want to make sure we have the right people in there and that we can support them. Yeah, totally makes sense. What are your thoughts, John? What will you be looking for over the next couple of weeks as we move closer towards a, a functioning office? I will be looking forward to seeing more from Erin Pree, what she decides to put out, how does she decides to communicate with the public, with the industry, and with legislators to see how she chooses to move. And I will also be looking for more of these job postings and seeing more of them disappear and looking out for who's getting hired and looking out for whatever the cannabis colleges do as usual. Uh, well, a lot to be looking out for, a lot to look forward to. John, Marcus, I appreciate you both joining me tonight to break down this news. Pretty exciting news. And like like we sort of shared tonight, a lot to come in the future. So definitely stay tuned to Northern Lights podcast. Definitely follow along with the Minnesota Cannabis College. We'll keep you up to date on uh, any upcoming news. But otherwise, thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll be catching you all real soon. Have a good night, guys. Peace. Minnesota Cannabis College production. This episode was produced by me, Tanner Barris, and by my co-hosts, Marcus Harkis and John Barty. Production assistance from Shana Payton. Today's episode was presented by North Star Law Group, your trusted partner in Minnesota's burgeoning legal cannabis industry. The information provided in this podcast does not, and is not intended to, constitute legal advice, but is instead for general information purposes only. Information shared may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. No listener should act solely on the basis of information provided without first seeking advice from their own legal counsel. Please listen responsibly.